The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to the uh, latest Brit Restaurant Table. Uh, I'm Arnold Furious. With me is Oliver Court. Hello. Not with us is Rob, who's still on sabbatical. Uh, this week we were talking about these shows that we went to, uh, well, I'm going to say last weekend, but it depends what, when it drops, but weekend recently, when we, we went to see uh, uh, Fight Club Pro's yearly Infinity Tournament, and we also went to see Progress, uh, the Graps of Wrath, and in the Electric Ballroom. Um, we're going to go straight into Fight Club Pro um, because we've been meaning to talk about them for mm-hmm. about by half a, a lot, year. A lot of requests by our co-hosts <laughs> and listeners. <laughs> um, and not only did, are we finally going to talk about it, uh, I finally got to go to uh, the Fiction Warehouse and see it in all its grimy, seedy glory. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? But like in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> it's I a perfect that- place for the promotion. So when we're queuing up outside, the, um, it's, it's like an underpass, isn't it? That's, that's basically yeah. where it, that's it's where the under is. an underpass and through a fire escape door. Pure grime. Up two flights of stairs, graffitied. <laughs> it was the um, it was that light that was really doing it for me. The, 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 <laughs> the light at the top of the top of a pillar, and it was just covered in like dirt. It's yeah. one of the filthiest looking uh, lights I've ever seen. I tried to take a photo of it to kind of demonstrate how, how grimy this area of Wolverhampton is, but it just it didn't do it justice. <laughs> but it Hell was of a place. Cool. Yeah, I I really like the the, the fiction as a as a venue. Um, yeah, it's 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 so small, and the the roof is low, but it's not so low that people are hitting their feet on it when they're doing uh, dives. Mm-hmm. But it's it's low enough it, that it, it feels intimate. It feels and... it feels like a fight club. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the whole point. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, um, I can get a double Jack Daniels and a Coke in there for four pounds. Uh, compare free. that. Ice is free. <laughs> uh, compare that to the electric ballroom. A double Jack and Coke in the electric ballroom is eight quid. <laughs> so fight club pro is. <laughs> Much better value. <laughs> yes, it is for the, on the drinks front. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, but how how do we think it's stacked up on the entertainment front? Oof, we shall uh, 
we shall endeavour to uh, try and make a decision one way or the other by the end of the show. Um, this one started off with um, a Chinese match, and we're still trying to figure out the one guy's name. <laughs> but, uh, there was Johnny T. He was the hero from, from Tipton. So he's Johnny, Johnny Tipton. Johnny Tipton, and the other guy, his name's Alan or possibly Adam, Cain or Cade. Or, or maybe even Cage. It kind of sounded different every time like he was announced. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm still not sure what his name is. He was from Sedgley, though. He so was from Sedgley. Was... The crowd was chanting Sedgley at him. So it was, was Tipton versus Sedgley. That's the most important thing to remember. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was a pretty good trainee match. Yeah, uh, their the trainees have shown some real promise. The guys, I mean, Amari was on this show. And um, I mean, he's raw, but um, he's real good already. Um, it's always really nice to see that uh, we keep losing people from from British wrestling. They keep being mm. uh, poached um, by places with more money, <laughs> like uh, like NXT or New Japan or, or wherever. Um, and to see this um, kind of conveyor belt of talent where there's still guys coming through, like every show I go to, there seems to be somebody new on that show who I've never seen before and they're good already. So that's, that's great for the um, scene. This show had a fair few guys um, who don't have much exposure yet, but it looked there was no one on this show who looked bad by any means. Yeah, so the, the training match first... Um, I think Johnny Tipton won. Johnny from... Tipton picked up the victory for Tipton. <laughs> Good I believe Tipton. Tipton's only victory tonight. Um, yes, I think it was. <laughs> Unless Travis well Banks is but... secretly from Tipton. <laughs> Tipton, Australia, or Tipton, New Zealand. Uh, yeah, so with that out of the way... Um, the show got under underway officially with um, the two Infinity Tournament semi-finals. If you've never seen um, Fight Club Pro's uh, Infinity before, it's basically it's two four-way elimination matches, and then the winner of those two matches goes on to the the final at the end of the night. Um, so the first match was pretty good. This was um, Joe Coffey, Mikey Whiplash, Trent Seven, and Amari. And that was a pretty solid start to the show. Yeah, for um, all we've um, ragged on Mikey Whiplash, he was really good here. Um, I, I it seems don't just have... progresses as Achilles heel. Yeah, I don't have any problem with Mikey Whiplash in Fight Club Pro. I think every time he's there, he looks like a, a, a really solid hand. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's just... They, they kind of have less constraints on him, possibly. So it's like he can do... But, but then progress don't really rein their wrestlers in that much so I, I don't know I don't know what it is but like he's he's for me I don't think he's had a, a good match in, in progress but every time I've seen him in Fight Club Pro he's been fine and also Omari um, it's the first time I've seen him for about a year I believe and he's already improved like he's he's yeah. a tall lad he, he's gonna fill out he's, he's a young lion right now but in a couple of years time he has like the tangibles. <laughs> he may not yeah. have the intangibles, but he certainly has the tangibles to be a, a star. It's it's going to be interesting to to watch him develop because, uh, like you say, he's already gotten a lot better um, as basically as a trainee. This is really the start of his career, and like you say, he, he's a big guy. Um, 
he, he clearly takes care of himself. The uh, one concern that I have for him is that I, his ring gear is basically a pair of shorts, <laughs> um, which isn't terribly impressive. No. But I think if he got himself some really like cool looking ring gear, um, he'd already be getting bookings because he's he's pretty good. They put him out first here. They kind of gave him a, a nice little uh, showing and then put him out. Yeah. So I think it was, it was nice for him to get that that opportunity to rub shoulders with the other guys. And I don't think he looked out of place. And then Trent Seven was Trent Seven. Just <laughs> an absolute wonder this year. Um, Trent's so good. I think the best thing about seeing Trent live is that you can hear everything that he says, whereas like on... Uh, like if you're watching him on video, you can't always hear what he's saying because of uh, commentary or the microphones don't pick it up. Yeah. But like you're right next to him, and like he's he's constantly bantering, whether it's with the fans or like with his opponents or his tag team partner. It's that level of banter is there like throughout every <laughs> match he has, and that makes um, him so likable as well. Oh yeah, and like he was on the apron on this one, and somebody yelled, um, uh, "You're just a shit Rocky Horror." At, uh, at Mikey Whiplash and the look on Trent's face as <laughs> he just turned around and, and did the uh, like you know the John Cena gif for <laughs> with the uh, yeah, yeah. yeah you know the one I'm talking about it, it was like that and I, I was in bits I suppose that's something that he's learned by spending so much time in an environment like Fight Club Pro where the crowd are so close to the ring and like it's so such an intimate venue that he's picked up that style i guess of being able to work a match but get the crowd involved by essentially involving them with him and the way he interacts with them well he's he's really good at that in, in every uh sense of the word because like he comes out at the start of the show and he kind of makes the crowd feel at ease that they're all together because they're all like yeah uh, he's he, he does the jim smallman gimmick yeah <laughs> yeah but it's it's not on tape or anything he just comes out to get a feel for the room and it's usually a good feel, and then yeah. it's like he, you know, before he comes out for his match, he's shaking hands with everyone. It, it's he has a connection to to the audience that you don't get that very often. There's there's not a lot of wrestlers in this country that that have that and that have earned it. Definitely. Um, so Trent won this match um, to progress to the final. I was very happy about that because I got to see more Trent. Um, yeah, he uh, beat Whiplash after Whiplash beat him at the previous show, uh, yeah, beat... getting the measure of revenge. So Whiplash put uh, Joe Coffey out as well, which I, yeah. I just kind of felt really weird because like, Joe Coffey, the week before, had been main event in the Hydro in front of 6,000 <laughs> yeah. people, and then he was in front of 200, uh, jobbing to Mikey Whiplash, who couldn't get but on the ICW. Whiplash here, I think, got over that sort of pest heel character a lot better than he has done in progress because like everyone groaned when he eliminated coffee but then they got behind seven he had an actual foil for people to get behind whereas in progress he just sort of flitted from one opponent to the next and never really felt like a worthy opponent for tommy end or anyone really but here he felt like a danger but also someone that everyone wanted to see get uh dropped on his head and that is indeed what happened yeah well the, the great thing about this company is uh, if you'd like the style of wrestling that they do, you get a whole show of it. That they occasionally throw in like a comedy match, but more often than not, you're going to see people just beating the shit out of each other. And uh, for me, 
that's that's my favorite kind of wrestling and that's what you get with fight club pro it's start of the night to the end of the night you're just going to see that style um so yeah i thought the first match was good uh the second match was better um second match had uh chris brooks uh tyler bates travis banks and a surprise uh eighth participant which was jimmy havoc um Jimmy Havoc didn't get an awful lot of a reaction because he came out after Travis Banks. <laughs> Travis Banks got a huge reaction. Uh, I think you put it... Um, I'll, I'll let you say it, Rob. <laughs> Taking the words out of your mouth. Uh, I've said several things about it, so one in particular. <laughs> um, but it was like the loudest reaction per head. Yeah, like yeah. Head for head that you've heard all year. Yeah, I stand up for that as well. It's, it wasn't just the the noise; it was the excitement that people had when because yeah. he just walked. He walked out there, and the crowd just exploded. And I'm it included was intense. in that because I was really into Travis Banks. I, yeah. I've been into the whole storyline they've been telling with him in, in Fight for Pro all year long. He's been coming in looking great and losing. And what I like about that story is that they told it through wrestling, and not through any long winded promo segments uh, or for yeah, like ha- hammer on the head commentary like they've just told it through his facial expressions through the yeah. emotion yeah and that's what he's best at like um <laughs> it, the look of frustration that he's had after every defeat has been it, it's palpable you don't need him to, to to get a microphone and go i'm sick and tired of losing and you know putting his career on the line or something ridiculous like that it's it's just so pure it's like you could see him getting frustrated that he was losing, but he kept coming back. He kept trying, and, and here he won. And I think the only complaint that you could have is that, like, he won his first match um, in what was a, like a four-way, and two two guys, Havoc and Brooks, are obviously heading towards a program with each other, and they'd already gone out. So it was his victory was over Tyler Bates, but Tyler Bates is the the only person who he'd pinned because he had a two out of three falls match with, with Tyler Bate earlier in the year and he won one of the falls. So it kind of made sense because like he's won again against Tyler Bate, but he hasn't really won. He's just gotten a fall. Mm. If you know what I mean? So it was yeah. building up to the, the main event. Like he, he'd won and it was great that he won. But then it's like the main event. It's like, all right, now that's, his that's, real test. that's the real test. Like you, you've, you've shown <laughs> that you belong here, but, you haven't beaten anyone, not yet. But they they told that story really well. Um, I'm kind mm-hmm. of looking forward to the um, the Brooks and and Havoc feud. That should be a good one. Definitely, like Brooks is an excellent um, guy to feud with because you get a lot of like creative freedom <laughs> to tell mm. a story in there. Um, the biggest spot of this match, uh, one that stands out in my mind, is Travis Banks doing the triple suicide dives yes. to the outside and wiping out everyone in the room including like a, a good few people in the front row <laughs> because he kind of faked to do it one way and then dived out the other side and yeah normally you like bounce off the ropes and then do the dive but he just did the dive with <laughs> yeah. some people scurrying uh like when he did it to the other sides but that one yeah, yeah. was the first one and Literally, no one moved. No, no one could move because he was so fast. And all of a sudden, they've got like Jimmy Havoc in their lap. I, I think, um, as much as we praise Laura Di Matteo's um, 
suicide dive. I have to say Travis Banks is better. <laughs> he has the that. best in the biz. I did th- say that I thought uh, Travis Banks had the best topo. It's just so fast and it's so smooth. Mm. Um, and he, I mean, he throws all of his body into it. Like he's not like landing on his feet. He's just like diving out the ring. Yeah, it's just about the the. It's just so fast. <laughs> so I know Haskins. Haskins does a real, but well, did a, a real good um, uh, tope where he basically faked to go one way and then he'd go the other one. That yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. Only it's it's just the speed that he gets for it is ridiculous. It's, it should be impossible with the amount of run up that he gets to get the speed that he gets to go through the ropes. But uh, this is Travis Banks. He is a phenomenal athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really think he's had a, an incredible year. When you consider at the start of the year, where was he at the start of the year? Um, uh, his Zealand? first match in Britain was <laughs> in December. So, um, just going to look and see where he actually was wrestling last year. Looking at cage match earlier, if this drops on the fifth of December, this will be the anniversary of his first match in Britain, I believe. Yeah, his, his cage match average is absolutely sickening. Six point <laughs> six seven. Wow. That's, that's terrible. How is how is that? Two people have voted him a three. Name and shame them. <laughs> I just... Uh, I don't understand this. Like, how can you... Uh, uh, it's in German, so I can't understand it. <laughs> Damn you, Germany. Uh, normally quite... Re- you know, they're pretty good at rating wrestlers, but uh, you've disappointed me, Germany. <laughs> Let me down. But yeah, once he won this match, um, the warehouse exploded. Um, everyone was I... so behind this guy. And so, like, there was just genuine excitement for the rest of the show and for the main event. Like, everyone was, like, I was jumping up and down. I'm pretty sure everyone else was as well. Everyone was jumping. <laughs> Everyone's everyone jumping up and down. It's ridiculous. And the thing that got me is how much heat uh, Tyler Bate was getting, just yeah. because he was wrestling against Travis Banks. Trent Seven would get that later as well. Like Banks is just ultimately popular. <laughs> no one is above him. Yeah, well, that's the storyline that they've been building up to. It's been a terrific story, um, and to see it kind of—I don't know if this is like the full payoff or whether it's a partial payoff and the other half is like when he gets a title shot that's the payoff but I can see them wanting to put the title on him have a, having a long run but we shall see have to wait for next year um, so yeah I thought that was a really good match that um, mm-hmm. uh, Travis, Tyler, Brooks and Havoc. Havoc didn't do an awful lot but um, I, I'm still not certain he's 100% fit yeah, I'm thinking that as well. Like, he see he seems to be taking it easy and not like taking any wacky bumps or anything, um, like he maybe used to do. Of course, that might just be him trying to um, avoid uh, another serious injury. If if he's got to the stage where um, he's popular enough that he doesn't need to do stupid bumps, then yeah, that's, that's true as good well for him. He's working smart. Yeah. Uh, see, I. The Infinity Tournament, I, I really like the idea because you get to see all the guys like straight away, yeah. and then you can kind of pick who you who you want. Whereas like you get like the the same eight guys, and you did like a quarterfinal, semis, and a final kind of approach. 
I, I don't know if you get the same level of excitement. No, I definitely like having all the qualifying matches at the start and then letting it simmer for a bit and then bringing it home at the end of the show. That's It's definitely a, a good structure to do it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it uh, done that way anywhere else, but um, people tend to, to favour the um, the tournament where it's there's a, in a series of matches. And I think it works better this way. Um, but then I, I guess if you're a promoter, you think you're getting less uh, bang for your buck, as it were, because you're only getting two matches out of the guy that's winning the tournament instead of what could be three or four, even four in other promotions. But um, yeah, they've they've hit upon a, a good formula and uh, I really enjoyed all the tournament stuff on this show. Uh, there were a couple of non-tournament matches kind of thrown in uh, in between the, the, the two uh, qualifiers or semi-finals or whatever you want to call them and the, the final at the end of the night. Uh, Dan Maloney, who has to be a contender for most improved in uh, 2016 uh, against the Australian Sean Custom. Um, Maloney, I watched him wrestle, because uh, I watched that Tetsujin uh, shoot style. Mm-hmm. I watched that this morning. And <laughs> the difference between that Dan Maloney from a year ago and the one that is currently inhabiting space in, in wrestling rings around the UK is actually quite significant. He's uh, definitely a lot um more content to throw his weight around the ring a bit more and like use his size i that was probably my biggest criticism him before was that he didn't work big but now you can tell he's a big boy yeah he he seems a lot happier in his environment like Mm. when wrestlers get comfortable in the ring that's when they start to get really good definitely so if you're not comfortable in that you a lot of criticisms that i i fire at wrestlers are that uh, they look like they're thinking about what they're doing and that really, really hurts the match for me because um, you can tell that they're not like lost in the moment. They're thinking about the next spot, and you can see it on their face. They're thinking, oh, "I don't want to screw this up because I got like I got to do like a flip bump out of it, and then I got to get back up into position for the next spot." And you can see all this on their face. Whereas, like when they get when wrestlers get really good, you don't see any of that because they just know what's happening and. The, the facial expression is what it should be for somebody who's in that uh, environment rather than, you know, going through the thought processes. And that comes with experience. He's only 19, so yeah, <laughs> he, he's got a lot to learn still, but he's already getting comfortable, and that's a very good thing. Yeah, and I thought he carried this match as well. Uh, oh, Sean... yeah, because Sean Costum was completely unknown and didn't really do anything to endear him to the crowd, so it, this was all on Maloney to get a reaction. Yeah, I'm just looking custom up because I, um, I really hadn't heard of him before he was announced. No. Um, so uh, did he tour at all? Or I know he wrestled for Southside. Oh, an attack. So he wrestled for he's, attack. He's been well. in the UK for a few weeks or a few months now. Yeah, I'd, obviously, if you you go and wrestle in different places, you'll get better. That's just the way wrestling works it's like you you work with different people you learn different styles um so he, he's kind of low on the learning curve at the moment but um he, he's a young guy I'm, I'm sure he'll uh he'll improve uh maybe he's thinking about moving to the uk because a lot of the uh, antipodeans seem to improve when they, <laughs> when they come over here 
Um, what did you think of the little boots in this <laughs> match? Um, the, the fans have been having a lot of fun with uh, with Dan Maloney and the way that he's been reacting to it, uh, I think it, it shows wisdom far beyond his years because he's, yeah. he's now in a position where he can milk um, <laughs> like like a chant for like, two minutes. Then, yeah, like basically. his ten his ten minute match. If he didn't want to do ten minutes of work and he wants to do eight minutes of work, he can do that because he can just stand there and fans chant abuse at him. He just looks so miserable when people mock <laughs> his boots, and that just makes people want to mock his boots even more. He, he he's locked on something here, <laughs> <laughs> and the tiny little pair of boots that were thrown into the mat into the ring before the match. Um, but it's probably the most memorable thing about the whole match. <laughs> But his reaction was part of that, just standing over them for oh, yeah. ages. I, I really hope the camera work on the VOD does it justice. Well, the, the guy um, who was at ringside with the camera, uh, I want to say his name's Paul. I think Paul O'Byrne. Uh, he was zooming in on on the boots. Yeah. So you should have a long shot. And then you <laughs> should get the, the, the ringside and then the zoom in. Ugh. I can't wait for the gif. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, they were tiny, the tiny little baby uh, booties that landed right at his feet as well. It couldn't have been, it couldn't have been more. more <laughs> it was an excellent throw. throw. <laughs> um, did you see him uh, throw them out of the ring afterwards? Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody chucked them back in at the end of the match, and he picked them up and hurled them towards the uh, the bar because I was at the bar and they went past my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, great heel work from uh, from Dan Maloney. He's really growing on me, I must admit. I drafted him, so... Yeah, it's a good call. It's very good <laughs> In call. about six months' time, when we do the uh, year-on draft special, uh, I can gloat over him. Yeah, he's definitely a good pick. Uh, he was in my mind when we did the, the draft, um, but he's, he's kind of rounded out a little bit since then. He's gotten a bit smoother in the ring. Um, I think he's, he's found the kind of strikes that suit him. Um, his chops are really good. Like really, really good. So uh, yeah, he's he's progressed as a as a worker and as a character, and he's another one uh, where I think he's going to have a big twenty seventeen. There is going to be spots opening up next year, and mm -hmm. th this is a guy who's more than capable of jumping into one. Of them. I, I think um, just to touch on that point uh, at the after we've talked about this show and progress, um, like I want to say that the people who starred on these shows are the people who are going to be taking Britrest forward into 2017. Like, we said that there would be spots opening up now that a lot of the top talent has left or uh, becoming part-timers only. These are the guys <laughs> that we're talking about right now mm. who are going to be replacing them, essentially. The thing is, like, a year ago, um, we were asked that question, like, who do you think is going to be the next, the next stars to, to come yeah. through? And it didn't seem particularly obvious, but over the course of 2016, so many guys have, have stood out. Yeah. It's, it's been a great year. Like, in previous two years, I think, have been really strong for British wrestling. But now I think we're seeing the, the real quality and depth that has um, come up uh, as part of this revival. Um, yeah, this a has lot definitely been the year of depth. Yeah, not just for... Um, for uh, talent, but you look at the promotions and how good 
like Fight mm-hmm. Pro and Attack have, have gotten this year. Uh, and OTT as well have gotten a lot better. And I think you're looking at the, the depth of the promotions as well, where there's, there's just far more stuff to watch. Whereas, like in the previous year, there was there was like the big three and the odd show that you might want to check out from Southside or something like that. And now yeah, definitely. You, there's a there's lot sec- more. Sec- the uh, second tier of promotions has really, stepped really up stepped as up. the second tier of wrestlers. It's a good time to be a fan. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a good time to start watch. the podcast. <laughs> we, we hit right on the the start of this. so Very exciting. Um, so there's one more match before uh, the Infinity Final, and that was a tag match that was supposed to be the Hunter Brothers against uh, Kaylee Ray and Nixon Newell. But Jim... Uh, What's he doing? It's a knee injury of some kind. He's, he's torn yeah. something. Is it MCL? He did I say. Think, I think he said MCL, yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's torn it, um, which is bad news for him. But mm, uh, That's like six months. Yeah, yeah, I'm afraid so. Um, but uh, in, in order to uh, have the match still as the Hunter brothers against Cody Ray and Nixon Newell, uh, Lee Hunter um, was uh, gifted a tag team partner uh, because Jim went through a time machine to find a younger version <laughs> of Lee, who has abs, um, and basically you had Drew Parker come out dressed as one of the Hunter brothers, as, as like a, a junior member, doing all the uh, the same spots and stuff, only with uh, a little bit more youthful exuberance. Mm. This is a very attacky match. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like I say, yeah, Fight Club Pro, the, the vast majority of their matches are, are, are very hard-hitting, but every now and again they put on a comedy match, and the comedy match is usually very, very funny. And this was one of those. Yeah, well, it helps that all four of the people are well-versed in the comedy match and know how to do it. Um, I also enjoyed that even though this is an intergender match, and I'm not the biggest fan of intergender, they didn't make it a thing. Like, you watch Lucha Underground and you have Mike, Matt Stryker every five seconds saying, oh my god, it's a girl doing a, oh, a woman in yeah, a man's world. It's like, shut that's up. That's because Matt Stryker's a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. And if you just, worse. If you just, as, Sh- as Shia LaBeouf says, if you just do it, then it's fine. And, like, <laughs> you just get on with it. Yeah. And make well, it a good match. It was just a match. and um, Yeah. I, I love, like, my favourite spot... Um, in the entire match was when because uh, Nixon, Yule, and Kaylee Ray had the same shirt on, and they, <laughs> and they tried to do the twin magic spots. <laughs> yeah, with like Nixon, Yule, like her her shirt was like over her head a bit, like, <laughs> but, yeah. but she was still moving around like normal. That yeah, was that impressive, was that... <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Limited vision, but still being able to fucking pull off her moves. Yeah, that was good. I, I enjoyed this match. Uh, Drew Parker, I don't think I've seen him live before. I'd never seen him live before he's either. very young. Yeah, he's only 18. Oh, God. <laughs> we're going to have wrestlers who were born in uh, the 21st century soon enough. Yeah, well... Which is disgusting and should be banned. There's somewhere out there, there is like a 15-year-old trainee who's who's working already. So, you know... <laughs> Drew Parker started wrestling when he was like 15 years old, so yeah, that there's already somebody who's born in this century, which is quite worrying. 
<laughs> I already feel old. Now it's your turn. <laughs> but yeah, Drew Parker, he's really good. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's got a great gimmick in, uh, in attack where uh, he's um, he basically took a, a, like a, a bump on the head and now he thinks he's uh, ECW. <laughs> all of it <laughs> all of it yeah what one gimmick at a time yeah uh this this match got sneaky good towards the end as well like it was heavily comedy for most of it but the last five minutes or so were just very strong action all the way through and like some <laughs> oftentimes scary bumps taken including the finish where uh kaylee ray went head first onto uh, Drew Parker's balls, oh. and everyone thought everyone had died, <laughs> but everyone got out okay. It's very difficult to take a bump on the top of your head like that. That's um, yeah. That's oh, and uh, Nixon Newell me. broke her nose as well, I believe. Or... I didn't say that. So everyone just <laughs> had a rough old time in this match, despite it being a supposedly comedy match. Well, you know, you you got to get the uh, you got to get the hard, the old uh, strong style in there. Yeah, for Fight Club Pro. Yeah, so it's a pretty solid show up to this point. I, I was really enjoying it. Um, obviously, the Jack Daniels helped, <laughs> but um, uh, the atmosphere for the main event absolutely sensational. Yeah, off the charts. I've, it's it's been a long, long time since I experienced anything like that. Um, you know a match is good when everyone is creeping closer to the ring as it's going yeah. on. <laughs> I mean, the, the only time I've I've seen this kind of pure unbridled joy at somebody winning was when Mark <laughs> Haskins won the Smash title from Johnny yeah. Gargano and everyone just kind of erupted and was, you know, he was into the crowd and, you know, the, there was all the singing and everything. It was like that only... Because it's such a like a smaller crowd and like a, like a, uh, an intimate venue, it was just felt so much more intense. Yeah, and Travis Banks can like create that create that intensity because he is such an intense guy. <laughs> the crowd feeds off of that intensity. Yeah, I mean, um, I think perhaps intentionally in progress, like his personality's been kind of held back a little bit. Yeah, uh, you I only think... see it at the ends of his matches when he wins, and he he does that like death stare, um, showing that he's a badass. But I think they're slowly building him in progress. Like they're gonna break him out of the power trip eventually, but they want him in there for now to bolster the tag ranks and tell that story and get him and TK over at the same time. Whereas here in yeah. Fight Club, he's just the guy now. Yeah. Yeah, but he's he's got a terrific body of work in this company. Um, mm -hmm. You can pretty much buy into any uh, Fight Club Pro show from this year, and you will see a really good Travis Banks match. <laughs> it pretty much doesn't matter which one it is. Just en any show they've done this year, he's probably on it, and the match is really good. And a couple oh. of them have been outstanding. Um, the one with Zack Sabre Jr., uh, the one with Shane Strickland in, in Manchester, and this one with Trent Seven is a really, really strong match. Yeah, him and Trent just had an excellent performance here. Trent did absolutely everything he could to get Travis Banks looking like a megastar. 
Um, the crowd fed off of Banks. Banks rose to the occasion. The best spot of a match was when Seven threw Banks out of the ring, over to the door, and like even out of the door, <laughs> which was amusing. But then Banks bursts back in. Seven throws a chair at him, and he just deflects it. Uh -huh. Seven square in the face with his his death stir. Seven keeps throwing the chair at him, and every time Banks throws it away, and every every time Banks chucks it away, the crowd just keeps going more and more mental. Yeah. <laughs> like it was absolutely frenzied off like the fourth time uh, when Seven just punches him in the face with the chair to end that sequence. But yeah, that was just so much hype in that bit. It's just it's it's almost hard to explain what it was like being there <laughs> because everything had that kind of uh, that intensity about it. I Trent Seven so good at getting other people over because he knows from experience that you kind of have to you have to show a little bit of fear to get someone over, but not too mm. much. And I think he got the balance in this absolutely perfect. And then afterwards, when he put him over. Uh, with the promo, I think he was that was very heartfelt. Like he was, he was saying, this, "This Travis Banks, he's really, really good," and this is why he's won. No, I think Trent can be very proud of Travis, um, knowing that his best work has come in Fight Club Pro, and like Banks has given him his best work, his best stuff this year, and made Fight Club Pro that bit better, that bit more newsworthy. And I think they have come on leaps and bounds this year like you say we weren't talking about them at all last year and this year we can't stop talking about them yeah. <laughs> we hijacking other segments just to talk about them yeah i think they've deserved every bit of that praise um and yeah travis he's been great all year i, I think him, that's, him that's versus the... oh sorry no that's all right. i was gonna say that's about all i've got left to say about <laughs> it it's just great Everything's him great. versus pete dunn is gonna be Pretty yeah, intense and pretty exciting. exciting. They are two of the most intense uh, wrestlers in terms of yeah. like um, uh, the way that they carry themselves uh, in in the British scene. That they're one and two, probably. I mean, Pete Dunne. The great thing about Pete Dunne is like it doesn't matter where he is, he carries himself like he hates everyone <laughs> in that in that building. Everyone, and you really get that that feeling from him that he. He's like a proper old school heel where he doesn't let himself like be broken by you know distractions and things. He just he stays in that uh, that role, and he's so good at it. And uh, it's sad that he wasn't on this card because uh, any Pete Dunne match at the moment is usually um, good times. It would have been well, it would have been nice for him to come out at the end and kind of hold the belt up and have a little moment well infinity was travis banks's show it was um and chapter 39 which we're going to talk about now was most certainly pete dunn's show so it's funny the way that that works that <laughs> those two are going to have a big match to start off next year and they both got their big star making moments this weekend and it was great to be live there to see them both so yeah chapter 39 oh, be before we uh, move on okay. uh have to say thank you to alan boone uh, yes, for driving us both back from the show <laughs> because it, it finished so late that um, 
but it finished about 45 minutes after the last train back into Birmingham. So like there was no way either of us were getting home if it wasn't for, uh, for Alan driving us. So a big thank you to Alan Boone. You can follow yes. him on Twitter. Uh, I'll say at Indie Sleaze, but it's Indie, indie Sleaze. It's Indie like if it was Indiana Jones. If you're abbreviating Indiana Jones to Indie, <laughs> that's, that's how you spell it with a Y. Go follow that man. He is a legend and he is, may drive you places. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully he doesn't become a taxi service. <laughs> yeah, he's good people. Excellent. Um, chapter 39, Progress. Uh, much like Infinity, this was a one-night tournament show um, where people would qualify to get into an elimination match for the Progress Championship at the end of the night. Uh, Mark Haskins vacating the belt last chapter. He won't be around for a while, which is very disappointing, but it gave them this incredible opportunity to have a very unique show and a very exciting show at that as well. Um Going in, we didn't really have any clue who was going to win the championship. My top pick was Will Ospreay, and he didn't even make it to the final. So, <laughs> yeah, I think we uh, we had a lot of guesses, and we basically got it wrong. But yeah. um, the reason why I didn't even think about Pete Dunne is because I had this this seed in the back of my head where you know he'd left, um, like he's he's lost uh, a loser leaves town match in um attack and that kind of made me think well has he signed somewhere is he getting bookings like uh for somewhere else is he gonna like because he's going somewhere else he's gonna have to like tone down the uk dates or or is he leaving altogether like i didn't really know what was going on so i kind of dismissed him because of that like i wasn't even sure if they were going to retain the titles against the the london riots so yeah, it was, it caught me by surprise, but um, in, in a good way. The execution of his title win was stellar, and we'll get to that when we get to that match. Um, but that was certainly the theme of the night, and the night ended on for us a great note, <laughs> but for progress in general, um, like a very good story beat that makes their forward progress, uh, no pun intended much clearer now, like you can see where they're going heading into 2017 which you really couldn't, especially after Haskins had to vacate the belt Yeah, it was a difficult spot for them to be put in. They made the most of it though uh, We'll get to the matches now <laughs> and the hero of Infinity, um, Travis Banks teaming <laughs> with TK Cooper versus FSU, Eddie Dennis and Mark Andrews uh, What did we think of this match to start the show? Uh, well, I kind of got the prediction wrong, but then I didn't know it was um, it was announced as uh, like a number one contenders match because like the power trip are the number one contenders, but that was on the line here, which I didn't know. If I'd have known that was the case, I wouldn't have. <laughs> They've been the suggest- number one contenders for like three months now, but they keep having to like defend it for no yeah. good reason. They've been very vague about the whole number one contendership thing. I don't know why they have to defend it if they've won. Because they sent a tweet out saying like it had been overlooked that they were now the number one contenders, and I was thinking, <laughs> but they're already the number one contenders. But they <laughs> were the number one contenders after the triple threat tag team match back in Manchester. Then they defend. They I think they defended it versus the shirtlifters in the tables match, and now they're having to defend it again. <laughs> it's like yeah. when do, when do they get their shot? 
I know, it seems a bit extreme that they've had that to was defend it three times. A little odd, two times. but well, they've been established as the tag team to beat, I guess. So it's odd that it's going to be two heel tag teams going up against each other in British Strong Style and SPPT, but there we go. I, I can see it leading to, to a split based on like like whoever loses that I think is splitting up. Yeah. Um, whether that's uh, the power trip themselves or whether it's the current tag champs because like how long can Pete Dunne be both? So I don't know. I, I really don't know which way it's going to go but I kind of get the feeling that whoever loses is splitting up. Mm. I think um, the biggest talking point from this match was Travis Banks' ear bleeding profusely throughout. <laughs> That's certainly the most memorable thing, I think. Yeah, apparently he got um, uh, he got that torn up by, uh, I think it's Paul London, um, when he was working for Southside in between oh, okay. th- those two shows. So, like, he had another match. And yeah, Saturday, that's, yeah. That's the one again. Because uh, uh, we were stood watching this show with uh, Bo's Johnny. Uh, that's another follow for you <laughs> on uh, on Twitter. Uh, he was stood with us, and he asked, did he pick up that ear injury on, on Friday at Fight Club Pro? And I was like, I don't think so. But then it is Fight Club Pro. They were kind of uh, wailing on each other. But, uh, no, apparently he picked it up on the Saturday in yet another match. Um, I don't have any particularly strong opinions about this match. It was over fairly quickly. Um, but I just thought everything Travis Banks especially did just it felt a lot more weighty, especially after Infinity. He's a main man in my eyes. Like I'm never gonna look at him and think, yeah, that was just a meh performance from him. Like I'm fully invested in him. Yeah, in a way, it feels like he's he's almost wasted in in tag teams. Yeah. <laughs> And Tico Cooper's good, but Travis Banks is just on another level right now. So I think when you're saying that a split may be coming, um, you may well be right <laughs> when it comes to the power trip. Yeah, but then I, c- I can also see them winning the the titles and having like a, 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 f- a fairly decent run with them and then splitting up because of the differences within the, their little faction. Because there's definitely been issues there with uh, with... Dahlia Black, where you're not quite sure who's supposed to be taking what side and how it's going to fall apart, yeah. which it inevitably will do. Because that's, <laughs> that's wrestling. Yeah, that's um, should we move on to Pastorelli Miva defeating Joe Coffey by uh, kind of cheating by, by Sebastian <laughs> by Sebastian and also pulling the tights and rolling him up, um, and then Jim Smallman saying, "Oh." Chit, applaud Pasta because he deserved the win and deserves to be in the final. And then everyone's going, no, he cheated. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if he was meant to be pulling the tights or not, but yeah, this match was all about Sebastian and therefore was terrible. Yeah, I didn't like this at all. Um, but the angle is kind of overwhelming the action. I've seen a lot of people uh, defending it on uh, Twitter, saying that Sebastian's getting the reactions. And I even said that to you at, at the time. I was yeah. like, I'm really going to stop booing him now. Yeah, because I, I almost told you to stop booing him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like he's getting, he's getting heat. Because if, want... if he gets the reactions, we're going to have to fucking put up with him for another year. <laughs> <sighs> it, 
Yeah. He he's getting the chance. He's getting mild reactions, I would say, but it's it's not like he's fucking Jimmy Havoc versus Will Ospreay. No, I don't mind him getting the reactions. Just it, it's an, it'd be okay if he was like a little undercard heel act, and that'd be fine. But having him in the main event on this show was yeah. just uh, we, we just spent the whole of the main event waiting for him to get eliminated <laughs> so that we could enjoy it. That that is the big worry with Sebastian is that putting him in such high profile positions for what is essentially an undercard match, and I'm worried that they're doing that to try and like force either into the main event when he's proven to be not ready for it yet. Um, it's a little bit worrying, and I he, I didn't think he got a huge reaction or anything. He just got some chance, and everyone gets chance, as we'll hear more about in, in some matches later on. Um, you can get chance for literally doing nothing, <laughs> just wearing clothes in progress. So I don't think Sebastian getting chance is proof that oh he's a great heel or anything. Um, yeah. And the fact that he essentially ruined the first couple of minutes of the main event just by being there and us worrying that he was gonna be like the like main the story of the main event. Yeah. yeah, like we don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> In that kind of match, you just want great action and not for it to yeah. be bogged I'd have, down. I'd have by... been fine with him getting knocked straight out right at the start and eliminated. Yeah. I thought that would have been a good callback to Brixton as well, but um, mm. oh well. Yeah, it's what worries me the most is that um, it's it's kind of damaging Eva's um, run because he was he's very good and. Having a match with Joe Coffey that's not very good is is a worry. Yeah, they didn't really get a chance to be good here because of the the story permeating through, but which is unfortunate. Is that permeating? Per- permeating, yeah. <laughs> I can speak English. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I, I didn't really enjoy that that much, but considering the strength of the rest of the show, it was like. It was a blip. I think. Yeah. It's just um, a blip. Yeah, they got over the blip quite easily. Um, Immediately. With the yeah. next match, uh, which was British Strong Style defeating the London Riots um, in what a match I thought was a lot better than their Brixton match. Um, I thought this was pushing four stars. I thought by the end, both teams were getting very big reactions <laughs> from us. <laughs> we were all about British Strong Style <laughs> uh, repping the West Midlands. Uh, but like everyone was solidly behind the riots here, really reacting to pretty strong style, and I think this reaction, this proper like visceral reaction, rather than just chanting for Sebastian, I thought it was like a genuine emotional reaction to strong, yeah, pretty strong people style. Yeah, are invested in these these yeah. people they and really care I about think, them. I think that reaction, like that more genuine reaction, um, validates Progress's decision to now make them the top heel faction. Yeah, the uh, I thought the best part of this match was um, there was always the uh, like underlying story where uh, Rob Lynch had come back too soon, yeah. so he'd, he'd still got that facial injury and he got like the the Phantom of the Opera mask on, <laughs> and that's how they won the match. Uh, British yeah. Strong Style because they they went after the injury, they pulled the mask off, they smashed him in the face, and then they hit him with the the pile driver, and that for me that's great storytelling. You you take the weakness. And you exploit it. That's Definitely. what he, that's what and great heels do. Makes the riots not look weak, but at the same time, 
not on the sneaky levels of pretty strong style. Yeah, it, <laughs> it makes them look brave for, for going in there with yeah, the injury. Definitely. And just because they got beat, it doesn't mean that doesn't make them look any weaker. So that's that's good stuff. The feud continues. Um Trent Seven's getting great reactions in progress, as is Pete Dunn. Uh I'm fully on board with both of them and they're gonna be strong pretty candidates across the broad. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's hard to say because I kind of had Pete Dundan as as most improved for this year, but like, I mean, he was really good last at like the end of last year. But <laughs> it's just he's really, really good now. Mm, he's top tier. Yeah, no doubt. I think they've definitely made the right decision. Progress in, in going with uh, with Dunn. I would have loved for it to be seven. But, but do you uh, think they see Seven as a, an enhancement guy who can like make the other top stars look great? I think there's a lot, there's a longer game at, at play with Trent because with with Trent Seven, I don't think you're going to see him leave completely at no. any point until he's too old to do this. So yeah, I think the fact that um, like he's so rooted in Wolverhampton and Fight Club Pro, and also his age isn't exactly attractive to potential suitors um i can see him getting a run in, in japan somewhere yeah because um, he's so ideally suited to that to that style but and also like japanese wrestlers are a little bit older anyway like they, yeah they start older they get given the big runs when they're in their 30s so that would fit for him so i, I can see him hanging around for a lot longer in um in british wrestling than pete dunn who i think is is destined to end up somewhere yeah um <laughs> So Trent, I think you're looking at the the long uh, game with him, and that would be a babyface title win, and that would be down the line. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, I think, think you Dunn, need to build to it. Done, uh, probably by the end of 2018, won't be in Brickrest anymore. Whereas Trent Seven absolutely will be, and he'll be a a cornerstone to build around. Yeah, he can get storylines over. I think he's a great promo. Um, I think that there will be long-term plans for him, certainly. Um, whereas Pete Dunn, I don't think you can you can make those plans because of how well he's doing. That there's always that worry that he's going to get picked up, which is why I was kind of surprised that he won the title, but at the same time, kind of not because he's he's hot. He's <laughs> this this is the time to do it. And then we had the best match on the show. Uh, Matt Riddle defeating Will Ospreay in an absolutely bonkers match. Yeah, this is crazy. Um, Riddle, he just walked out there, and <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, never, I've never seen him live before, and he just walked to the ring, and he exudes uh, star power, like he was head and shoulders above everyone else on this show in terms of like what his ceiling is in, in wrestling, as in he's going to be WWE champion at some point. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> he he looks unbelievable. He carries himself like a like a world champion. And he stood out so incredibly. The crowd just connected with him immediately as soon as he walked through that curtain. And I know a lot of them are familiar with his work already, but I think even if you're only like vaguely familiar with his work before this match, He's won you over here. I think it was uh, Dan the Dazzler 
who was who was completely sold on him based on on this match, and I, I can see mm. that. I I wasn't too familiar with him. I've only ever seen a couple of Riddle matches ever. Um, yeah, <laughs> he has star power coming out the wazoo. He's just such an endearing guy. Like the fact that he like he's just got a smile all the time, whatever he's doing, unless he's trying to rip someone's head off. Even then, he's still kind of happy about it. <laughs> like, he's so endearing, he's going to be a mega babyface one day. Um, and the start of this match was instant impact for him, because in the next match they did the Goldberg spot, but this match did the Goldberg spot better than the actual Goldberg spot, because Riddle came straight out of the blocks, crushed Osprey for like two minutes, and really had him in peril, and I thought they might well be doing the Goldberg thing and having him win in two minutes or so, with Osprey getting in no offense, um, because Riddle's offense looked that badass and that painful. <laughs> yeah, it just took him apart. It uh, it ended up being a really good competitive match. Um, I'd like to watch it back again before I start throwing snowflakes around, but like it was, it was what ten minutes long, but uh, yeah, it was it was a sprint. Yeah, it was really well structured. Uh, the pacing was perfect, um, and both guys came out of it looking better than they went in. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's yeah, Matt Riddle, man. I just <laughs> Osprey's had kind of a quiet second half of the year, but this match definitely proved that he still absolutely has it and can turn it on and produce a plus yeah. four star match I'm, basically any time he wants to. I'm really glad he's had a second uh, half of the year that's been a bit quieter than the first because he needs to kind of rest and, and recoup yeah. like some of that energy that he's, he's burned through in the first half. He's had a lot of matches this year. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, this, he showed up for this match totally. Both guys were completely on their A game trying to show off um, there was really only one awkward moment of the match where Osprey went for the reverse Rana, the indie special, yeah. and Matt Riddle just didn't realize. Well, he realized too late, and it just looked. But even then, like his charisma still pulled it off because he still did a crazy flip for it, <laughs> and uh, he transitioned it straight into like it's a little bit a, delayed, wasn't it? Suplex. Um, so they covered for it well. You, you could argue that. Um, because of how quickly Osprey did it, that he was bumping <laughs> as, as part of the as part of the reverse runner. It was just kind of it yeah. was kind of late, so you, it looked weird. But, um, <laughs> Thought, you could argue reverse runner faster than the speed of light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it was that fast. But yeah, I'd blow away performance here from from Riddle. Um, I actually think he's a contender for um, uh, like best import best. Based just on this, just on this one show, yeah. Just he well, considering up... what happened after this show and the fucking getting carried into um, the, the world's, world's end, end, which we missed by like a minute, <laughs> and the entire crowd chanting for him outside of the electric ballroom, yeah, um, yeah. That this guy is over. <laughs> he got banned from the uh, the world's end. Yes, but they didn't realize that he was, you know, future WWE champion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they kicked him well, out. He, they, he was they were singing the um, uh, uh, gold Spandau Ballet, Spandau Ballet, only with bro replacing. God. And they, um, the guys were singing. I'm pretty sure it's King Kier started the chant off, but they they were singing this like all the way through the main event, like all the 
all the uh, the second half of this match, I think it started. But like it was just constant, and outside <laughs> they were singing it, and then they they were singing uh, "You're indestructible" when uh, they were taking him into the into the pub, and the bouncer when he was kicking him out said, "You're not so indestructible now," <laughs> 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 which is um. Oh dear. Yeah, wrestling. I fucking love it. Yeah, Matt Riddle for import of year may well be a strong shout. Yeah, um, he's a contender. He delivered in his match. He delivered with his performance. He delivered with just interacting with the crowd. Instant connection. <laughs> yeah. I think um, maybe only Shibata walking over the rows of chairs mm-hmm. after um, Summer Sizzler <laughs> was maybe a, mo- a cooler moment. Okay, so we've we've gushed over that enough, I think. Well, yeah. um, move on. To and then the... Jimmy Havoc beat Marty Skrull, um, the Eddie Guerrero special. Um, yeah, but like hammering the umbrella. I don't this remember. This match was totally just there for me. I don't remember Eddie Guerrero ever hitting himself in the head with a chair. <laughs> <laughs> and then, sorry, it wasn't a chair; it was an umbrella. But you know, you get the, the like grabbing the international object, hitting himself in the head. And then throwing it to the opponent, he kind of, you know, hit the mat or something. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it just made me laugh that Havoc man, so. hit himself. <laughs> yeah, this match sure. probably would have been best placed after intermission rather than before. Um, I think they had to give all the guys a chance to plan out the, the, the final. I think that's basically yeah, true. why it was in. But at the same time, this one was totally overshadowed by Riddle Osprey. And... Yeah, I'd have put them the other way around. Yeah, but, um... but I think they wanted this one to feel big because it's like a rivalry blow off and it just kind of didn't it felt a little too cutesy and less like a blood feud yeah, i kind of enjoyed it it was different to everything else on the on the first half they did a lot of uh like brawling around on the outside and they um of course the the, the very start of the match um uh, jimmy havoc did literally the start of uh the survivor series main event Hit, yeah. hit two spears and then went for the the hit the rainmaker and then skull kicked out. I think if they'd have done that, just to blow that feud off, there would have been nothing wrong with that. I would have hated it because it would it would have felt so derivative mm. of WWE. And I think if your progress, I know they have the deal with WWE and they're like part of the family and that, but your punk rock pro wrestling, you don't want to have your biggest angle end with a parody, a comedy parody of the WWE I, angle. I don't think the yeah. angle's pa- played out all that well, though. I think this has um, been, been a slight underperformer. I don't really feel like um, Havoc is that good of a babyface. Um, oh, yeah. The jury is still out. I thought in the main event, we'll talk about that in a bit, but he didn't come across like top babyface material i think if that's the direction they're going in and they can't really go in any other direction because they don't have anyone else <laughs> to serve as the top babyface but eh, havoc as a heel is a lot better than havoc as a babyface i think yeah i think that's the case for a lot of guys though i mean you, you could argue just about everyone is better as yeah. a heel apart from trend seven well, <laughs> i think it's a great baby face. <laughs> um so this one didn't really land with me. I'll watch it again and see if it's any better out of the moment. But like, oh, I was so I'm... exhausted after Riddle was brave that this one just felt pretty meh in comparison. I, I was pretty fired up at the time, so I kind of enjoyed it. But um, like, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to watch it a second time just to. And but... I hated the Goldberg thing mainly because 
Riddle Osprey had already done the Goldberg thing, but just not no, like no spears. It wasn't um, hammering it, hammering you on the head with it. Like it was subtle. This one was just oh, remember remember the thing that happened. <laughs> Sorry for being cynical, but yeah, that's what you're here for. There's no Rob, so Rob Rob would be cynical. So you you have to do Rob cynic stuff. Uh, anyway, so yeah, after break. After break, Second we had the, the natural progression series four match: uh, Katie Harvey versus Nixon Neal. Did Did anyone actually think Katie Harvey was going to win? Because <laughs> I, I said beforehand, the one thing I'm certain of about this show is that Nixon Neal is going to win. Yeah, I thought that was pretty much in the bag. But Arn, did you yep. see that Katie Harvey had a sleeve? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, she only, she only had one sleeve. She the, had one there was a lot sleeve. of really cheap stuff with the just yelling sleeve, um, but that joke died. <laughs> the, much the instant it was said, I, I did get a, a quite a rise out of the "you're just a shit Winter Soldier" chance. <laughs> that that is that is peak fan uh, chanting. That is mm. that is and sleeve less so. Let's hope sleeve never comes back. Hopefully, she just comes back wearing, you know, yeah, with like <laughs> no sleeves, two, two sleeves, or no sleeves, <laughs> or two sleeves, or even more than that. But let's stop talking about sleeves. Let's talk about the match because that's what we were here for. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think she tweeted something afterwards, uh, Katie Harvey, about um, she didn't realize the uh, progress fans were just fashion critics, <laughs> which uh, which about sums up how they. Uh, mm. I wasn't too blown away with Katie Harvey here. Um, Some people enjoyed her performance. I was just like... Yeah, I think she's fine. Um, I've seen her have a couple of matches um, that were probably a little bit better than this, but um, but she was basically brought in to just lose in the first round, so... Yeah. And Nixon Newell, yeah. Nixon Newell. Fun as always. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't have too much to say about this match. It was just kind of a... I wouldn't be crying if Katie Harvey never came back. It, it is nice that there, there is like a little under um, layer of uh, women's talent coming through. Yeah, no one drafted her in our, in no, our she uh, was, Euro draft. She was on my shortlist. Okay. Uh, but I went with uh, Lana Austin instead uh, because she I, I saw her uh, like rip off a Hiroki Goto spot and nail it. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, I'll have her instead. But she no, was Hiroki on the... Goto spots her. Nah, she was on the shortlist though, so I'd like I said, I'd okay. seen her a few times. Thought she was pretty good, but um, yeah, the, there is a nice little um, uh, level of talent starting to come through uh, with the women. I think it's going to get better because uh, I think the uh, all the women that have, that have wrestled uh, for Progress have gotten better since they first got there. Definitely, with the possible exception of Nixon Newell because she was really good when she started. <laughs> so it's good to see that year that improvement. I certainly think uh, Ginny's a contender for most improved. Oh, yeah, definitely. When we get into the British, I should make a note of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as you make a note, I'll move on to the main event, where Pete Dunn won the Progress Championship, defeating Matt Riddle, Jimmy Havoc, Sebastian, TK Cooper, Travis Banks, and Trent Seven. Uh, Any immediate thoughts that leapt out to you in this one? Uh, we've Other already, than um, Sebastian, yeah, we've already ruining the first Seb. couple of minutes. It's like once once he was gone, 
I got really into the match. Until he was actually out, I was worried that there was some sort of angle coming yeah, that same. I didn't want to live with. So, yeah, it was it was kind of cool. We had the Matt Riddle put uh, TK Cooper out first, and then Havoc put Sebastian out, and I could kind of, you know, settle down a bit after that because everyone else that was left was really good. The... I, I was really happy that the match focused on the great wrestlers in it, and not Sebastian and his story. Like they could have very easily just done a a cutesy Havoc beating Sebastian after Sebastian lucked into the final two or yeah, whatever, and I that would have been. Pretty I shitty. Kind of thought that's what was going to happen, but I'll yeah, same. Um, I was very into uh, the Travis Banks Matt Riddle um, shoot. <laughs> so at <laughs> yeah. the start of the match, Riddle basically uh, demolished everyone with uh, with his skill, and it came down to that the last two to square off was Riddle and Travis Banks, and Travis hung with him for like about a minute of, of Matt counters, and it was all so good. Like so good. He, no, it's two two legitimate fighters. So, so I get the feeling they kind of had a, when they were planning the match uh, beforehand. I think Riddle's gone. This this is what I want to do. Does anyone want to do that? <laughs> Does anyone want to test? I want to have me, a like... fucking one minute exhibition with you. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 everyone he wants, else take a nap. He wants to come and test me, and Travis Banks like right here. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> that was yeah, very enjoyable. He, he showed uh, everyone the did operating that thing. Everyone did big dives to the outside. TK Cooper got in his massive spot of just a massive twirling, diving, crashing like disaster. It's kind of a moonsault <laughs> but, with a twist. Yeah, it looked amazing, and many was out of her. So TK Cooper absolutely did everything that he could <laughs> to look great in this match, and didn't have to hang around too long. And then they moved when Seb got out of her, and then they moved on. To a, fight, a really strong final five. Um, none of these seven guys were in actively in progress this time last year. Uh, so it's impressive that they managed to restock the roster as well as they have. Uh, ignoring Sebastian, obviously, but he wasn't there either. Um, but the other six, very strong wrestlers. And the fact that they're being featured so prominently after not being in progress for that long just proves how good they are. Yeah, there's a good end to the show. I mean, um, the, I think if you're a, if you're a fan of like baby faces winning big events, then you could possibly question the book in here because you're looking at um, like a lot of big heel wins because you had two tag teams make it into the final seven and they're all heels. So you had like like straight away you got four. Then you've got Skull as well, so you've only got two baby side faces, five heels. Yeah, the so only we... the first portion of the match didn't even have Jimmy Havoc because Skull came out and whacked him over the head with an umbrella and took him out for a few minutes. So very early on, it was just Matt Riddle versus five heels, and for a lot of the match, it was you know Travis Banks squaring off against the British Strong Style guys. And but as we've said before, those guys are great wrestlers, and I think the crowd took to them anyway. Yeah, we just, the quality of the match was, was very strong, and I think that helped. Yeah. And I'm so, so glad that they forewent the story. You know, they could have... They could have not ruined the match, but hurt it, or made it more of a story match. And instead, they focused on the wrestlers just wrestling, and I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pleased that uh, it ended up the way it did, because this feels like a, like a new chapter. Progress is always looking forwards. 
it's one of their strongest yeah. um, uh, traits as, as a promotion is that they don't really they don't really have a nostalgic look back at all. They're always like, let's keep going forwards, let's do something new. And that was like when um, uh, Mustache Mountain came in, they they broke them up immediately. It was like what? But that's what they do. They they're a very forward thinking company. They like to try new things and. Pete Dunne's champion is a step in a, a new direction. Whereas if you put the belt on a Jimmy Havoc again, it's like, well, where do you go from there? Yeah. Um, speaking of Mustache Mountain breaking up a few months ago, they're back because the end of this match saw Tyler Bate joining British Strong Style, hitting yeah. Jimmy Havoc. Um, and suddenly West Midlands dominance in progress. <laughs> I was very happy about this. I almost tweeted Jim Smallman saying like, um, uh, putting the Midlands lads over again. <laughs> Thanks for that. Was, that. was that for me? <laughs> so I had gushed to him about how much I liked the, the Midlands wrestlers and the, how pleased I was that they were getting pushed in progress. And, um, well, here we are again. Although, mm. um, they are all being booked as heels now that Haskins is uh, is injured. Yeah, and so it, the going forward, it seems to be Jimmy Havoc versus British Strong Style. Jimmy Havoc and whoever he can uh, conjure up. Maybe <laughs> Damien Dunn will get in on the scene. Mm. Well, I think London Wrights is kind of likely because they were like affiliated they, uh, before when, when Havoc before, was, yeah. was a heel. Um, so I can see that happening. And I'd have no uh, problem with that. That'd be a good six-man tag. It was great to see Travis Banks hang for so long in this match and be on the same level as these main eventers. Great to see Trent Seven just command the scene so well. And, of course, the ascension of Pete Dunne to the top. He's the guy now for progress. Yeah. Um, maybe not their top star. I think they still see Jimmy Havoc as their top star. And when they're around, Sabre Jr. and Osprey. But Pete Dunne is on that level. Well, you know, you got the belt, you're the man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm rather surprised that he's got to this spot before Zach Gibson. That's possibly the only thing that is weird about the whole situation is that he's he's the champion and Zach Gibson isn't because Zach was getting so much heat that to have yeah. another well, heel why... sneak in before him is, a, is kind of a surprise. <laughs> this is why the Origin weren't on this show at all because they wanted to establish British Strong Style as the top heel faction. And the absolute scenes that went down at the end of the show, like the security guards, like trying to get in the way of strong British strong style because they were jawing all the fans, and it felt like people were throwing shit into the ring. It felt like a genuine big moment. We were just going crazy and applauding them and <laughs> happy for them. Uh, the only people happy for them in the entire room. Um, well, there was there was me, yeah, it was me, you, and uh, Bo's Johnny. <laughs> Which was yeah. kind of handy because we all stood together. We've been stood in like <laughs> three separate parts of the arena. Uh, <laughs> could have been trouble. Just for three of us. Um, and it this felt like a re like I said before. It felt like a genuine raw emotional reaction to British Strong Style. They've gotten these guys over. They've gotten themselves over. Whatever you want to say, these guys are gonna be the stars of progress in 2017. Yeah, no doubt. I had such a good weekend. Like watching those two shows, I I lost my yeah. voice completely on on the Monday. It was gone, like I couldn't talk. 
that's, that's the kind of weekend. <laughs> that's when you I know it, the wrestling has been good, when you've it, lost the ability to talk off. Yeah, it was whiskey and shouting. <laughs> it's mm. a fantastic combination. <laughs> that's basically how I live my life. <laughs> Whis- whiskey and shouting. One whiskey <laughs> and one shout at a time. So, um, yeah, any final thoughts on this weekend? Uh, more the... Um, uh, a couple of progress notes and on-demand stuff. Um, the uh, Fight Club Pro's Infinity uh, won't be on Vimeo for another two weeks, apparently, so it'll be mid-December. Um, in the meantime, they have a number of really top-quality shows from this year that you can check out. Um, the first one I watched was Rage Against the Death Machine, which mm-hmm. is that's Travis Banks and Zack Sabre Jr. in the opening match. I feel like that show really kicked their their 2016 off yeah. i know it was halfway through the year but it was i was it their first show at fiction was, or like their second show i at think fiction? it's the first one uh but it certainly felt like a reset for them yeah uh, because before that they had mk mckinnon was the champion and that's when he gave the belt up um and then you had sammy callahan and trent seven main event that show yeah um so if you want to start like if you don't know where to start, that's probably where to start watching Fight Club Pro from. You yeah. know, it's very pretty recent, only a few months ago, but that's yeah, when July, so. all the stories heading to Infinity really started. And also uh, another on-demand note: uh, Progress has got a, uh, a new arrangement with WXW, and they've got six shows on Progress on Demand at the moment from WXW from this year. Uh, I have WXW now as well, so this is kind of like I've already seen these shows, but it's, it's shortcut to the top. Um, all three nights of the Tag League, which uh, I thought that's a really good uh, series of shows, and Broken Rules. So they're going to be on progress on demand until the end of the year, so you've got like another four weeks to um, sit and watch those, see if you want to watch more WXW, which you probably should. But it's, yeah, it's an opportunity that's... to see that stuff. For... Their relationship's going to be interesting to watch in 2017 because they've got a couple of crossover shows. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the first one in uh, Camden next year uh, in January. Yeah, the the, in January. Night, the night before, they're running a WXW show at the Dome, I think it is. It was the Garage, but it's now the Dome. I have to find out what that is because I've got tickets to it. <laughs> and also... Uh, uh, progress have got their documentary which they screened after um the graps of wrath um that was on quite late so we didn't see that one but uh, they have their documentary that, that that was filmed that's on progress on demand as well and finally we have the the next progress show is intercepted angel which is a uh, because the the venue double book with ash so they named it after an ash song um, that's got Pete Dunne's first title defense against Zack Sabre Jr., uh, FSU against El Ligero and Nathan Cruz, uh, Adam Cole against Will Ospreay, uh, Tony Storm against B. Priestley. That's in the progression series four, isn't it? Yeah, it's a first round match, so that'd be fun. Uh, we probably won't do any kind of preview for that, but we'll more than likely review it instead. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think the next episode um, will be the Britties. Um, so we're going to be coming up with categories for that, awards for the year of European wrestling in 2016, and 
posting those to the Voices of Wrestling forms probably in the next week or so, um, and then deciding winners. Um, yeah, <laughs> we'll keep you updated via Twitter and on the forums based on what's going on there. But yeah, keep checking back on the Voices of Wrestling forms and we will have um, categories and you can fill in your ballots. I don't think um, like the winners will be determined by you, but it will certainly be interesting to hear your opinions about it, it, who's we done this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sway us, persuade us. Um, after that, we've got uh, WXW's 16th anniversary show is the same weekend as, as Progress <laughs> Chapter 40. And just before Christmas, uh, OTT have their invasion show in Belfast. So we're not short on things to talk about. Normally December is kind of a, a bit of a wasteland and like we don't do anything, but there's, there's loads of stuff going on. Um, so, yeah. I think that's about it. That is about it. So, um, do you want to do plugs or should we get out of here? I just I need to eat dinner. <laughs> yeah, Let, let's eat. I'm a hungry man. Okay, until next time, uh, good evening. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.